Back in the days of the apostles, it was Jew and Gentile. Yeah. Today, it's racial. We need to put a stop to that. We need to show that the gospel really does unite us. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I'm encouraged because I'm, my mind is towards the filling of the pews and the people coming from the outside and what we're going to present to them when they walk through the doors. And so I want to make sure that we have something inside the building that is godly and at the same time appealing to, to families. And uh, when people come in, they want to stay and become part of it. During the Civil Rights Movement, Martin Luther King Jr. was quoted as famously saying that 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings was the most segregated hour of American life. Roughly 60 years later, King's statement continues to ring true in many cases, and yet something recently took place in our city of Memphis, a city that has been rife with racial tension through the years that demonstrates how God's love is more powerful and racial division. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler, and I'm really looking forward to this program today as we welcome the pastor of Egypt Baptist Church, also, well, I guess now the associate pastor of <laughs> Egypt Baptist Church, what was a white congregation, Egypt Baptist Church of Raleigh, and Chief Cornerstone Church of Frazier, an African-American congregation, they have merged and become one church. We're looking forward to unfolding, guys, the story. Preston, Steve, Steve Jacobson, and Preston Poindexter, my dear brothers, longtime friends. I mean, I can just think of history in this room here. I want to start off with you, Preston, because the church, Chief Cornerstone, prior to being Chief Cornerstone, was Northview Baptist Church. Northview Baptist Church. And Tom Perto was the pastor there. I was 16 years old, invited to that church on a Wednesday night in December of 1978. And it was at that church in the office, which was your office for many years, I got on my knees and asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I never will forget that. Steve, I don't know if you realize it or not, but Chief Cornerstone which at that time, as I mentioned, was under another name, was where I got saved. And so it, it, it is a truly a small world. It really is, isn't it? And then we go back. I mean, your roots are tied right here to WCRB Radio. You're in seminary. God had called you into the ministry out of a great career in, in TV broadcasting. I well, mean, I don't know how great it was, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, you were one of my favorite <laughs> reporters to watch, bringing those stories. But the God started working in your heart and called you to be a pastor, preparing for a seminary at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. Needed a job. You had some great pipes on you and were able to help us in some great ways during those days. And so, Very enjoyable days. We had some good memories. Yes, All of us have some good memories together. But uh, here we are now. We're going to tell this merger story with both you guys. Both churches voted unanimously in favor of the merger during a joint business meeting in October of last year. The two churches officially consolidated and held their first service together on December the 17th of 2023. Steve, you continue to hold the role as the lead pastor. Of course, Preston, you have decided to be the associate so pastor. I mean, we're going to talk about that okay. first of all. How do we start this thing off? Why don't we talk about your congregation? Where have you been through the years? Tell me about Chief Cornerstone, Preston, when you became the pastor. I know originally it was a church plant from Bellevue Baptist Church. You were basically given the reins and the church became independently on its own and doing ministry in the Frazier community. Kind of give us updates uh, on how the ministry has evolved over the years. Well, we, we started off as a, as a church plant of Bellevue Baptist Church under Adrian Rogers. And what we uh, did was we got into a, a covenant agreement with them. Uh, strange happening. We were in the Frasier area, uh, north part of town, walking the streets. And I see 
some guys from Bellevue there, they braggingly tell me they get paid to share the gospel, which I thought was phenomenal because I had to take off from work to do it. <laughs> and so when I looked at these guys and I thought, here you are in the uh, north part of town and Be- Bellevue's in the east part of town. And uh, I thought to myself, and I said it out loud without thinking, uh, that uh, you guys, what you're doing is wrong. And they looked at me funny because I knew that they were not going to take the people in that area back to Bellevue. It's too far. I later found out from an uh, old friend, Phil Weatherwax, uh, with, who was with Bellevue at the time, that uh, Adrian Rogers had charged him with the, uh, uh, with the thought that he should go out in areas where they can't reasonably expect people to walk through the doors of Bellevue. And in doing so, uh, it presented a problem with him, which was opposite of mine. I'm, I'm out here by myself trying to share the gospel, and you guys, and I'm trying to start a church, you guys are in the same neighborhood, same community, uh, sharing the gospel, and you have no place to send them. And I'm thinking to myself, this is where would be a great partnership. Uh, I'll pastor them and disciple them if you will just send them my way. And so Phil and I talked, and when we found out how much we had in common, uh, we met at the Black IP and found out that I was an answer to his prayer and vice versa. Wow. And so we set out on an adventure to do things, and Bellevue caught hold to it. And eventually uh, started the church of ministry in Frazier off of Thomas Street. And with the thought of after the church grew to a certain size that we would eventually um, um, uh, start an autonomous Southern Baptist churches, which was, which is where what we did uh, with Chief Cornerstone Church. And so in the process of being there, uh, um, we set out to start the ministry in 2005. And uh, but we had a lot of experiences and things that happened over that period of time. I, I mean, I don't know how far back you want me to go. <laughs> I know that God just blessed in so many ways. Yes. Steve, were you familiar with the ministry at that time? Well, Preston and I got to know each other when I was pastor at Fraser Baptist Church. Phil Weatherwax and I were old friends. I tell people we always we played basketball together when we were members of Bellevue, but we were in different classes, so we played in teams against each other. <laughs> I'm I'm five ten. Phil's what about six four or five? Yeah. And uh, my coach would stick me in and say, you guard Weatherwax. And, and of course, I'm the kind of ball player that if the coach said run through the brick wall, I said, where do you want the hole? Yeah. And so I'd go out there and I'd, I'd tell people, I still have T-shirts to this day with the footprints on them where Phil ran over me on the way to the basket. <laughs> but uh, Preston's uh, ministry center there in Northgate Shopping Center came to my attention. Phil said they're outgrowing the facilities. And we had a 600-seat auditorium that we were not using. We were back in a smaller chapel because the, the church was in, had been in decline for some years. So I got together with Phil and with Preston to find a way to where we could bring Bellevue's church into our facility and have Bellevue take over responsibility for the upkeep and maintenance because it was going to get very difficult for us as a, a declining church to do that. Right. And uh, for whatever reason, it just seemed like everything was falling into place. And for whatever reason, God just shut that door. And uh, we both went our ways, you know, didn't see each other, but we remained friends. And when I came to Egypt Baptist Church and uh, Brother Kevin Farrell uh, retired, the church called me as pastor. And one day one of our ladies said, do you know Preston Poindexter? And I said, you better believe I know him. And it turns out that he had come over occasionally on Wednesday night and brought some of his folks with him and done Bible studies. And I said, well, let's encourage that and see if we can get, get that started again. And of course, that led to us sitting down and having a conversation about merging the churches, because I have felt for a long time, well, from back from the days when I was pastor at Frazier, that 
We live in a city, and you've mentioned it, that is so racially divided. I, I jokingly say the city council can't vote to go to lunch without the vote being along racial lines. Yes. Here we are in the middle of a, a at this point, mostly African-American community, and we're a white church. And I thought to myself, you know, if we really want people to believe that the, the gospel is real, you know, we've got to show them that that we're colorblind. You know, we come together, especially in the Mid-South Association, and we have black churches and white churches come together for evangelistic rallies and outreaches and things like that. But then they go back to being black and white churches. And I said, we, somewhere along the line, a church has got to demonstrate that the only race that the Bible talks about is the one that we're supposed to run for the Lord. That's right. And uh, so well, that was, that led to all of this. And I know, Preston, God, as you mentioned, has given you at Chief Cornerstone congregation there, a fruitful ministry through many years and impacting lives and seeing life change in the Fraser community and beyond, too, in our city. Um, but I, I know things have changed, the neighborhoods changed, and church was being vandalized at times, I believe. Absolutely. Uh, and we, we had some uh, many, many prosperous years. I had become so bonded and connected to the, to the Fraser community. Uh, there were so many things happening, but seemingly looked like to be right before COVID had hit and during the time of COVID, everything just kind of bottomed out, I'll put it like that. Mm -hmm. But I look back now and wonder if God was at that time kind of stirring the nest for us, saying that it's, it's time to go. And uh, but because of my personal bonds, it was kind of hard to hear it. And so uh, about mid-June or so of last year, we had someone that came in the church. It was a very strange thing that happened. And they, they vandalized the education building, the top and floor, second floor. Took nothing, absolutely nothing. But uh, they turned over bookshelves and uh, destroyed pictures on the walls and, and just went through the top and bottom floor. They got into the main building and they put um, fire extinguisher all over the walls and on the floors. Mm -hmm. But something happened. I can't tell you what really happened, but by the time they got to the sanctuary, they did no damage whatsoever. That and the fellowship hall, which was kind of it was kind of confounding to me, and the only reason I knew the day that Sunday that I went in that there was a problem was I saw three microphones out of place where they just moved microphones and for some reason made a quick exit, and so um, got with the congregation. We talked about it, and we kind of boohooed a little bit, and then finally determined within ourselves that we've got to do something. It's time to move. Not sure what to do or how to do it, uh, but we knew it was time to go. Yeah. And so, uh, and it just it was amazing and how things pieced itself together because one of the things we were looking at was, was, was moving the ministry to another area. But I'm thinking, I got a lot of people out here in the Frazier and Raleigh area and I'm not sure what to do and will they follow us to some other part of town? And so when Steve called me and he made the, uh, the, the offer of the merger, I knew it was God sent at that time yeah. because it answered a ton of questions. In, in addition, President, too, of you being pastor at Chief Cornerstone, there's other ministries that you've been involved with. Yes. And that really has led to you becoming the associate pastor to free you up. What are some of those other ministries? Could you share something? Well, uh, I was employed at the jail. It was my lifeblood because I, I tell people this, that there is a church that's at 201 Poplar. I saw uh, an average of about uh, 150 people a month get saved. And this was, had went on for about four years. But I'm trying to figure out how and do I tie what's happening in the, with the jail with Chief Cornerstone Church, getting them out of jail and, and getting them into the church was a problem. And there's still some missing pieces to the puzzle. So one of the things that, that before the merger took place was that God had, had laid it on my heart quite a while ago to put together a discipleship center. 
And it's basically a teaching place where uh, everybody from the pastor down to the new member can come in yep. a, a weekday and just get further taught into the things of Christ and, wow. and, and basically pushing them towards making disciples. Yes. And so uh, we're looking at uh, the possibility at this time of uh, putting, I call it now, is in my head, the Collierville Discipleship Center, whereas we will have a retreat place for pastors, we'll have a place for even the people who are seeking second chances within the city. There are a lot of second chance programs in the city, but none of them, very few of them, if any of them, deal with the spiritual growth of the person. Right. Because uh, most of them are funded by outside entities other than church. Yes. And so we're trying to put together something that's going to bring that together. And so tying them in with Egypt Baptist Church and uh, have, keeping those contacts with the jail and still ministering in the jail, as well as doing outreach out in the Collierville area. Steve, a winning combination, it sounds like. It really was. Uh, you know, it's amazing. And Preston and I were talking about it. You know, it was 25 years ago when God first planted the seed in our hearts of, of coming together in ministry. And, you know, a lot of times we, th we feel God leading us. And if he doesn't open a door in six months or seven months, we think maybe we've missed God's plan. We're talking 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it all falls into place. And you say, God, <laughs> you knew what you were doing. His timing's perfect. It is always. How would you, Steve, categorize your church prior to this merger? Strong, stable, stuck, or struggling? Well, I think a combination of those things. Certainly, it was it was it was stable in wh where we were as a congregation, but it was struggling and and it was in decline. Um, at the time of the merger, we were probably running about twenty five on a good Sunday, and that's down. You know, over the years, it's declined. I've been in some declining churches before as pastor, and I've seen it. And it's not fun for the church, and it's not fun for the pastor. And a lot of times, uh, churches can't make the kind of changes that they need to make in order to bring in new life and revitalize the church. You know, this was just an act of God because our folks at Egypt Baptist Church embraced this enthusiastically. And so it just it made it just very easy for our two churches to come together. You can easily have conflict and you want it obviously to avoid that. You don't want to see that happen. You know, people can be people. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, I don't think there's many real major conflicts or issues uh, through this merger. Right, Preston? Uh, well, no, uh, at least I haven't seen any. Uh, the thing is, is that I think it's because both congregations really want to make this work. And we're enthusiastic about the probabilities and the things that God has in store. I just know there's something exciting in the air. I'm 67 years old and I'm thinking, God, you're asking me to start all over again. But there's something that's happening in, in the Raleigh area that God's hand is truly on. And we haven't given Steve's age away yet. Well, you take his 67 and reverse the numbers and that's where I am. <laughs> I think this is a beautiful thing. Now, what are some of the positive things that you both have seen take place so far, even in this early transition, joining the two churches? Well, I can tell you from my own experience, I really believe that uh, Brother Preston is a, a real man of vision. He's bringing Egypt Baptist Church into the 21st century as far as, uh, you know, our music program is upgraded because he's got some wonderful uh, musicians. Dedrick Howard is a great keyboard player and just does a wonderful job. And uh, they're bringing in uh, some, some money from the sale of their property that's going to uh, give us video options for the music and everything, things that we've never had the money or the, the expertise to be able to do. So it's going to transform both of these churches as they continue to, to, to develop. I was wondering about the worship style. There's a little bit different culture, right? I mean, how is that blended together? We, we, are, we are being patient with each other. <laughs> I'll put it like that. Long-suffering. Right. Which the, the Bible tells us, right? And, and as I've said before, you know, if churches can't come together because they have a very different worship style, that's one thing. 
But if they don't come together because we don't want to worship with them or they don't want to worship with us, that's a problem. I said, you know, the gospel, we've got to demonstrate to this world that the gospel unites people. Back in, back in the days of the apostles, it was Jew and Gentile. Yep. Today, it's racial. We need to put a stop to that. We need to show that the gospel really does unite us. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I'm encouraged because I'm, my mind is towards the, the filling of the pews and the people coming from the outside and what we're going to present to them when they walk through the doors. And so I want to make sure that we have something inside the building that is godly and at the same time appealing to, to families. And uh, when people come in, they want to stay and become part of it. That's so important. You know, the majority of mergers usually involve a name change. But Chief Cornerstone has been totally dissolved. The building was sold. Was there any discussion about changing the name of the church or maybe are using Chief Cornerstone as the name? Well, Egypt Baptist Church has been around over 200 years. And one thing our people were adamant about was we do not want to lose our identity and our history. And that was thankfully not a problem. Chief Cornerstone said, no, we, we understand that. And so we've all come together as Egypt Baptist Church. I've seen God just in the last month do some things in our church that I've never seen before. Uh, we were having our Wednesday night meal and Bible study and a lady walks in just out of the blue and says, I want to join this church. I said, I've never had that happen on a Sunday morning, much less a Wednesday night. <laughs> but she, she'd she been driving by the church for some time, lived out in Millington, and God had just put it on her heart. It was time to get back into church. And lo and behold, she, she shows up. Sunday morning, we had two young men come in and first time we'd ever seen them. One of the young men had a Bible that one of our ladies had presented to him in 2002. Still had it inscribed. She didn't even remember him. Of course, he was much younger when she did that. She looked at the Bible. She said, that's my handwriting. It was, it's just amazing what God is beginning to do in, in, in Egypt Baptist Church. Oh, my. What are some keys of merging churches that each of you have learned so far that you would maybe pass on to other pastors considering a church merger, Preston? Well, one of the things that I, I would say is that when you got people who are in line with what you see, and on top of that, you know there's a genuine love and concern for each other, that people are ready to, are ready to make a commitment as well as to be more flexible as far as the way they vision or have been taught church to be. And I see a lot of people that are working real hard just to be part of it. It's really got me excited, I'll, I'll tell you that. And I, I appreciate our pastor here. I, because uh, I think that his role right now is really essential as far as the leadership and what people see. Yeah. And I want people to see how, when they come through the doors, that we can mingle, we can be part of each other, and race is not an issue. That's right. If you see, what are some lessons in Keys? Well, I grew up in New Jersey in a very unemotional church, Christian Missionary Alliance Church. Uh, I tell our folks that if somebody said amen during the sermon, everybody thought maybe a, some, a Pentecostal had come in. And uh, I discovered a whole new style of worship when I came down to the South and, and got to know the uh, churches that uh, I was involved in. I think one of the keys, obviously, is finding a church whose worship style is close to yours. If you've got a very laid back, very subdued congregation, you're probably not going to be able to pull off a merger with a church that is very emotional and outspoken and yeah. constantly, you know, raising hands. But find a church that is close to yours in style of worship and the way they worship that will maintain a comfort level. And you're going to have to have that comfort level as people get to know each other. 
obviously, doctrinally, you guys are on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, there was no really issues you had to deal with or get, get into conversation about because foundationally, it is the gospel yeah. that you both are preaching. I just love this. And I, I love to, when we get older in life, it's easy to get set in our ways. Like for the years you've been, you mentioned you're, you're 67, Steve, 76. It's easy to say, you know, this is the way I've been doing it. God has blessed me all these years. Why should I change it? I think this really just shows us how the body of Christ does need to be as we even mentioned a moment ago, patient with one another, long-suffering. These are things that we just don't see, Preston, in today's church or in our, in our world today as we need to love each other. It really boils down to loving one another. Absolutely. We have, we have a tendency sometimes to uh, get trapped in our world. I'll put it like that. And we have a tendency to see things only through our eyes. But I think when we start trying to see things the way other people see it, we'll find out that we have a whole lot more in common than we do differences. And then we find out the differences that we have are not that important at all. Yeah, that's right. And so I, I, I love where we are. There's nobody taking up weapons, nobody that I know of that's defensive at this point. Everybody's working hard to come together. And I just love this picture too, how this was both planted in your hearts years prior to this actually taking place. And God does work in time. And we need to allow that to happen sometimes. When we first sat down, when Preston and I met together for lunch and we talked about this, I said, look, we can co-pastor because the last thing I wanted Preston to think was that I was trying to pull his people out from under him in order to, to grow my own church. Yeah. And uh, Preston said, look, I've got a lot of other ministries that I'm involved in. I'll be quite happy to be your associate pastor. And so everything from start to finish has just fallen into place. There hasn't, there's not been a situation we've had, had disagreements or, or conflicts over. It's just been the most beautiful situation. Well, plus there's an arm of your ministry now together right. that you're able to, like you say, the ministry at 201 which it sounds like it's thriving. You said you're on staff. I was on staff. Right, right now I'm not there yeah. because of uh, it's because of the way God is moving, giving eight hours every day. Actually, because I don't do eight hours, given the hours that I have been dedicating to them, make it real tough to do Egypt as well as get the other ministry right. started. Right. So right. I pulled back from there to some degree, but keeping the relationships because I, at some point they're going to they're gonna all blend together. The late Ralph White, pastor of Bloomfield Baptist Church, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming both of you know Ralph. He's on uh, enjoying the presence of Christ now, and I love him. And he had the, uh, the Hands Around 201. About this time of year, every year, we would talk about Hands Around 201, people coming together and praying for the criminal justice system, you know, praying for those inside, realizing that these are lives inside those jails that are broken people that need the gospel, need to be prayed for and shown love. So you, you see, Steve, you guys doing new community outreaches? Too? Absolutely. One of the things Preston and I are both in agreement on, and I think our church is, if you're going to reach your community, you've got to resemble your community. Egypt for many years was primarily an all-white church, and as the community has changed, it's hard to reach across racial lines to people who aren't part of the church. Yes. But we are now in a situation where no matter who visits our church, regardless of what their race is, they're going to find a comfort level right. and, a, and a comfort zone to where they're not going to feel like an outsider. And yes. that's that's essential if you're going to bring new people in. I was going to say also that uh, when, when Northview Baptist Church was in the process of dissolving, I, I watched them. I cried with them. And I never will forget, I heard one of the members say the reason that she was so teared up was because she felt as if they had failed and that hurt. But then I thought about over the years of what took place. And this is why it's so easy for me to merge with Egypt and, and to uh, really to come in as an associate because uh, one thing, I, I, like I told Steve, that anything with two heads is a monster. <laughs> and so, uh, but 
when the neighborhood changed around them, they failed to respond to the neighborhood. But that either means either you have to make the church look like the neighborhood or you do what a lot of the other churches did was to leave the area and go where you can minister. It's not necessarily racist. It's just a difference in culture. But if the culture looks like the neighborhood, you shouldn't have any problems reaching the neighborhood. Amen. So that's why it was no problem with uh, getting with Egypt, because I see what we bring to the table, because the neighborhood is mixed. It is diverse in that area. And when they see us ministering side by side, that's beautiful. Uh, I, I really believe that God's hand is going to do some miraculous things. Well, seasons for communities. One time, you know, the International Harvester plant where my dad worked for over 23 years before the plant you know, eventually was closed down in the Frazier community was a, a community predominantly like, like Whitehaven one time, a white community. Mm-hmm. And seasons change and ministries change, but it's just a moving of the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of his people. And this, guys, is what an example that we need to see more of. And I just appreciate so much you coming and sharing the story. Now, I can't help but think there's somebody listening that wants to come fellowship with you and and be part of the merger and what's taking place. What are the service times? Uh, We have Bible study at 930, morning worship at 1045, Wednesday night at 6. Okay. Church is located where? 4455 Raleigh Millington Road. If you're driving out toward Millington, when you cross Egypt Central Road, we're about a maybe a half a mile, quarter of a mile on the right hand side. Can't miss us. Okay, I'm sure there's a website, Facebook page, possibly. Yeah, or you there is. It hasn't been. We are in the process. <laughs> yeah, I, now, I, 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 we are in the process of getting on. Making that happen. Okay. Well, next time we'll share that information. Absolutely. God in, bless you guys. In going to Mid America, I used to love to go to Founders Days and hear Dr. Gray Allison uh, tell a story of what he called the miracle of Mid America. And I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be able to talk about the miracle of Egypt Baptist Church because I believe it's coming. Well, I think it's already here. I think we're seeing it now. I think we're seeing it right happen now. And it's just going to be unfolding in the great things that God has in store for the folks there. So God bless you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. My pleasure again to welcome Pastor Steve Jacobson and Pastor Preston Poindexter of Egypt Central Baptist Church in the Raleigh Fraser community. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you would like to listen to today's show again, go to BotRadioNetwork.com and look for Mid-South Viewpoint under the broadcast tab. The show is also available on your favorite podcast platforms. Some shows have video of the interviews as well and can be viewed at Byron Tyler Radio on YouTube or on our Bot Radio Network mobile app.